eBay sellers, you have landed on episode 115 of eBay the Right Way. Today's guest is Dawn in Michigan. No announcements this week, so we will jump right into the chat with Dawn. Hello again, listeners. Today I have, is it Donald or do you go by Dawn? Uh, usually Don. Yeah. Okay. Don. And maybe you've seen him on the Facebook group. Um, but he's relatively new to the group, but not really new to eBay. So I, I picked on him and said, do you want to come on the podcast? Because you've just been posting some really great sales. And so I want to find out what you're all about. <laughs> so, That's great. <laughs> um, so tell us first where you're located. I live in Michigan, right, pretty much right in the heart of the thumb, um, the thumb part of Michigan, um, near Bay City, Saginaw area, but to the east. Okay. Yeah. Is it still winter there? We're recording this no, mid-May. No, we're, we're good into spring. Today's a little chilly today. Uh, looks like it might rain, possibly, but I'm hoping not. We've got some estate sales I'm looking forward to this afternoon. So. Oh, good. Okay. That sounds great. Um, so let's start off with what brought you to eBay. And I feel like this is, we chatted before we started recording, and this is kind of your second round of giving eBay a try. Yep. My wife and I, we kind of started at it in 2008 and it fizzled out. We had these big dreams of get rich quick selling DVDs and stuff like that and found out that it DVDs weren't very lucrative at the time, and um, we got swayed into like a um, um, website company that sold the. They they must have figured out we were on eBay or something, and invited us to a seminar thing, and we bought some websites, and we were, we were like, well, then that didn't turn out either. So we decided just to work our jobs and continue living our lives until up to this point. Okay. And then I got back into eBay because um, mainly I wanted to try to supplement my income. And I tried some other things online and I got talking to my wife and I'm like, you know what? Something I love doing. I love going thrift stores. I love going garage sales. I'm like, why don't I try eBay again? And as soon as I did, it just seemed to take right off for me because I was looking at it a little more different perspective now to where it was more of fun to do. And now that I'm learning more and more about eBay, I'm hoping to maybe someday in the future, replace my income with it and retire to eBay and just continue going until I someday can't do it anymore. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. Um, now back to what you tried online. Was it maybe drop shipping? No. Oh, yeah. Back, back. In, oh, wait, we tried doing that with the websites and stuff like that. Okay. Um, or like retail arbitrage where you buy stuff at retail stores and resell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that's what you were, uh, the name you were looking for. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't have a name for a long time because I did it too. <laughs> right. And then somebody coined that term. Yeah. Where you, you go to Target and buy stuff on clearance and then it's not available anywhere else and you can buy yeah. it online, but then everybody else starts doing it and it's it's very hard to sustain 
that business model just because if you can find it so easily, how many other thousands of people can too? Right, exactly. I tried a little affiliate marketing before I went back to eBay here just recently. And that was like this past last summer and everything. And that didn't work out either. It was like, I I, I was trying to do like a heating and cooling website and do like affiliate marketing on that, like tools I use and stuff like that. But Uh I don't know. I just felt like I was trying to sell people something that I didn't, I I didn't have, you know, I was trying to like, um, here, buy this and I'll get some commission for it, you know, and it it just didn't right. I've been down that road too. And I really don't do that because um, it does sort of water down your credibility when you have all yeah. this stuff for people to click on to buy. Like, do you really recommend that? And right. You get so little in return. You know, if you're yeah. doing Amazon affiliate marketing, it's only 4%. Yeah, exactly. So sell, I mean, it works if you have a gigantic following you know, thousands, thousands or a million people on Instagram or whatever, you got to have a lot of people out there to buy from you to, to make any money. And then the other part of it that I don't like is let's say I, I did affiliate marketing for my online school. Um, People can get that link and they can promote it, but like my audience doesn't have anywhere to promote it. And they can promote it any way they want on the website or whatever. You know, they can say, um, oh, you can make $5,000 a month if you go to the school and learn this stuff. And, you know, they're promising things I would never promise. Right. And And that's what I found. I found some websites like that. And I'm like, oh, and I I was going to start investing some money into it. And I'm like, you know, this seems like a rabbit hole. I was telling my wife, I'm like, no, I got to do something different. I got to do something I enjoy because I was going to work and then I was coming home and I was writing reviews about and like how to clean a furnace and stuff like that and the tools I use. And here's links to the tools I use on Amazon and stuff. And I'm like, I do this all day. I want to do something I can come home and relax to. And that's when I thought about eBay again. And I'm like, right. let's do that. Or I told her, let, let me try this. And she's kind of let me have this as my own little thing. And I've wanted her help me with some things because she's so much better with like clothing brands and stuff like that than I am. Yeah. I think it's a girl thing or something, but <laughs> but I'm not afraid of clothes. I'm learning them. I'm not afraid to look at bras and, and underwears and stuff like that. Cause I don't know. Some guys seem to be sketchy about that, but nobody knows what you're looking for that stuff in the thrift store. You could have a grandma in a nursing home that you're trying to find that stuff for, you know, I mean, who knows, uh, or or a daughter, young daughter that you're trying to find those items for, you know, so it don't bother me, that sort of stuff. I was a little leery at first, but I'm like, nah, nobody knows what I'm looking this stuff for, so <laughs> the heck with them. <laughs> right, well, and let me just wrap up the affiliate marketing thing I was saying. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not just put something on your site and people click on it and you can make money. There, there's a lot more to that, and I think it really... Um, diminishes your credibility when you have yes. all over your site because I feel what you experienced. I've been there, and it's like if something's good enough, people are going to tell their friends anyway. You yeah. know, if you go, yeah. if you go down to Longhorn and you have the best steak you've ever had, you're going to tell people, and yeah. you don't need to pay them to say this to other people. If it's good enough over time, 
people will find out. Uh, right. Thing if it's bad, people and people talk more about that than the good stuff. But um, so yeah. I understand your frustration because there's a lot of program where you can go and, you know, take my course on how to do affiliate marketing. And, you know, they just want to sell you stuff and nobody can guarantee anything. And I feel so much (laughs) um, more empowered with eBay because, you know, I'm out there finding things people want, getting them to the final customer. And that's very satisfying to complete that whole cycle where with affiliate marketing, you just, it's just not really guaranteed. So I feel that. Talk about your other job. So do you want to share what that is? Yep. I work for a company. Um, it's a heating, cooling, and plumbing company. And um, I work on and install furnaces and air conditioners. Um, I work on um, installing showers and bathtubs and toilets and drains and water supply to new houses and old houses and remodels. Yep. So I bet you see some really disgusting stuff. Oh, there's times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I can have one word of advice to anybody, do not put burger grease down your drains, please. Your plumbers will appreciate it. Because no matter what customer says, oh, I'd never do that. When you cut open a, a plugged up kitchen drain and yeah, you know. For sure, they. You know what's been put down that drain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but don't smell pleasant. Well, and you know, I commend you for being able to handle that because when when you have an emergency and you need a plumber, I mean, you need a plumber. Yeah. um, You like drive up with the you know your crown on your head. I'm here to save the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like Christmas Eve, and you've got 20 people coming the next day, and you're like, yeah. We have this problem. It, it is an emergency. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I, I bet one person's definition of an emergency is different from another's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, For sure. <laughs> yeah, that can be. I bet that's kind of stressful. So eBay is is kind of a relief. It's, you know, you, yeah. can, you can work on fun stuff and doing your listings and what's sold today and um, yep. A lot of professionals do eBay on the side. They call it a hobby, but it really is a business. It so, is. So I can see where when you've got a stressful job like that, eBay can be a welcome relief from yes. <laughs> your main job. So Yes, for sure. So what kind of things do you sell? I sell a little bit of everything. Um, I haven't really found a niche yet, so I'm still kind of looking for it, but I I just basically just look and look for pretty much anything. I do kind of lean towards toys and um like the more vintage toys and stuff like that. Um books, I like books. I've tried clothing a little bit. The clothing goes does pretty good, but I don't know, maybe I'm not finding the best brands in the world, but I do, I do check them out before I purchase and stuff like that, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I, did, I think I remember you sold a little toy that was like a wrestling man. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, when I listed it, the first thing that I found was that they were interested in the stand. It was, it wasn't even the wrestler they were interested in, but I okay. right away got questions. Does the stand come with it? And I'm like, yeah, of course it comes with it. It's in the picture. And um, then the, the, he asked again, he's like, um, well, can you sell the sands? 
the stand separate. And I was like, no, I'm not going to sell it separate. It's, it's with the wrestler. Well, then all of a sudden I get an offer from the guy for, I had it listed for 150, I think it was. And then I, cause I, I forget what it was. Something, something told me that I had to list it high. And, um, so then he offered, um, 165 and I looked at my wife. I said, I think I'm on to something here with this particular item. And, yeah, um, on these questions and then this immediate offer, like what, yeah. what am I missing? So I told my wife, I said, should I, do you think I should take the offer? And she's like, I don't know if he's offering more than what you're asking. She's like, I think I'd write it out. So I, I got it back. A hold of him. I says, I'm not going to take the offer. I'm just going to let the bids go the way they are. Cause I had it as an auction uh-huh. and um, all of a sudden he bid it on it. And then the next guy bid it on it. Or no, it was, I started at 60, at $50. He offered 65. That's how it was. Not once, not 150. Well, by the time it all ended, um, it ended at $110, I think it was. And that's all they were interested in was the stand. Because I had Mm -hmm. like two other people ask about just the stand. And that. so when I shipped it out to the guy, I wrote him and messaged him. I said, your stand and your, your stand. And your wrestler is on its way. You know? <laughs> your but, bonus gift is the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know? Yeah, it was funny. So what exactly was the item? Because I remember either you posting that in the group or you might have yeah, been asked a question or something. It was an older WWF um, wrestler from, I believe, the 80s. It was like one of the big rubbery wrestlers that kids used to play with and that back in, well, I've played with them too myself but yeah <laughs> yep and then they had like a display stand that their feet would slide into and that's what they wanted was the display stand because it, this guy particularly wanted it because it co- completed his collection because you could collect like all the wrestlers back then so yeah i lived in charlotte in the late 80s early 90s and that wwf was big there yeah um, or it was the other one i don't remember the the name of the league or whatever but it was like rick flair and yeah you know, those people <laughs> hulk hogan um yeah so it was something like along those lines yeah yep it was like that yep yep and that's one of the questions is they wanted to make sure there wasn't a 3d um printed stand too so that's they wanted pictures at the bottom that actually showed the um the um manufacturer logo on the bottom Okay. Because you can 3D print them, I guess, and those aren't valuable. Right. Because anybody the original. Right. Okay. So where did you find that? I found that in a customer's crawl space. There was a box (laughs) of toys. Yeah. That's right. I I remember that story. Yep. yep. And I I got done with the job and I asked asked her, I said, what are you doing with the box of toys down here? And she's like, box of toys? And I'm like, yeah, there's like a whole box of old toys down here. And she's like, why don't you pull that out for me? I'll take a look at it. And so I pulled it out, my helper and I, and and a bunch of other things. And she's like, well, that, by the time we got done, I was like, so how much do you want for it? She's like, oh, you can just have it. Thanks for helping me clean out my crawl space, though. And I'm oh, like, my gosh. Hey. Yeah, they didn't even <laughs> know it was missing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it was pretty nice. And then when I got home and checked out all this stuff, I was like, well, this stuff's worth some money. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Zach McDoor, the garbage man philosopher. That yeah. 
that's his thing. You know, he drives around all day and he sees piles of trash and he just finds stuff or Lisa who finds stuff out in the desert when she's walking her dog. (laughs) The (laughs) treasures are everywhere. They are. If you have a occupation that puts you in these locations and stuff's right in front of you. I mean, that's, that's kind of a bonus. Yeah. And I'm in a lot of people's crawl spaces and basements and yeah, if the opportunity ever arises, I always ask. I don't don't always get lucky, but I always ask at least, hey, what are you doing with that box of stuff? Or what are you doing with that thing on the shelf? You know, a lot of people just don't realize they have stuff that someone might be interested in taking off their hands or buying or whatever. Yeah, or they don't even know that box of stuff is is in that place, you know. <laughs> right. who knows? And who knows how it even got down there? Like did a kid put it down there because he didn't want his siblings playing with his stuff and then he forgot yeah. about it? You're like, how did it get there? In a right, crawl right. That's just, I mean, yeah. expect to find dead bodies in a crawl space. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I haven't come across valuable. any yet. But <laughs> yeah, not valuable toys. Like that day you find a skull, that might be yeah. Career, <laughs> right? Exactly. I watch yep. too much true crime. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I do too. We both do it. Some days gives me the EBGBs going down in like, oh, some of these wait, crawl spaces. Is that a finger? What? what is <laughs> <Right>. that, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh no, please. Okay, well, um, let's hear about some of your other sales and where you found the items. Uh, which might be the more interesting part of the story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just found some golf clubs recently um, at Goodwill. They had just wheeled out one of them carts that uh, they put everything out on. And um, there's four um, Callaway golf clubs right in the bag. Still, they had the, um, the um, bubble wrap around the heads and everything. Still like, what the heck are these? Oh. I'm I loaded them right in my cart right away. And then I started checking the the listings on eBay and stuff. And I'm like, oh, these are some good ones. And they're $8.99 a piece. So I bought all four of them. And so far, I've sold two of them at $180 a piece. So it's like, but one bad thing I did find with them is the first guy that bought one was from Australia. And I soon found that you cannot ship anything international unless it's less than 26 inches, I think. So okay. we ended up, I got a hold of them. Well, first of all, I got a hold of eBay because I couldn't figure out why my label wasn't printing. And she went through the steps with me, the, the lady, and she's like, oh, this is what it is. Your item is 43 inches long and it can, can't be over. I think it's 46 or 26. I'm not 100% sure. It's either 23 or 26, something like that. Okay. So I says, well, what can I do? And she says, well, you can either pay the extra and ship it like regular through the mail, international, or you can see if he'll cancel or something like that. So that's what I did. I got a hold of him and told him how much extra it was going to be, or I gave him the option of canceling and he decided to cancel. So, but that was a learning experience. And now I don't offer those as international shipping now. So Okay. But. Well, I'm I'm looking at the eBay international shipping program information right now. And I'm just wondering where that 
it doesn't it doesn't show it until you go to ship it. Okay. And that's it's what true. I said to her. I said it didn't say nothing when I tried to list the item about it, and she's like, "Well, that's kind of odd or something." I don't know. I can't remember exactly. But so, are you talking about the new eBay International or I think it is the new shipping? one. No, I think it's the new one. Okay. Let me. I'm opening this spreadsheet you can download. And okay. Um, I just want to see where that information is because I know that you're not the only one that's had this situation. So yeah, I kind of. It's not sucked. on this chart. It just talks about the countries and how much it is per pound, you know, how much the cost is going to be. So I'm sure it's um, hidden somewhere. That is frustrating because I see that all the time. Like, why won't my label print? Yeah. Sometimes it is eBay's glitchy or you didn't. And the thing is, is it, at the bottom. it doesn't give you a description on why. It just says there is a problem with your printing of label. And it's like a red band across the top. And I'm right. like, what's the problem? You don't, you're not right. specifying here. Exactly. And sometimes it's because you can't ship that thing to that country. Like I know right. knives are very, uh, they're very picky about like what kind of knife it is and. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those you can't ship international or maybe that country doesn't allow anything made of animal hair. Italy's very picky about that. So it, it may finally be integrated where if there is a problem, it it just says a generic yeah. be generated. And then you got to go figure out what the problem is. Those things that aren't allowed. I don't know why it lets the person buy them if they're in a location where you you can't that thing can't be shipped in. Right. So, and ex- and that's just it. I even had in the, dis- the the description of my shipping description, like um, dimensions, it said it was 43 inches long. So okay. eBay shouldn't have really advertised it to them, I, I would think. But that's like I had some playing cards and someone in Spain bought them from me. And, uh, and I went to ship it. I always check the regulations and stuff. And Right in their regulation, it says no playing cards to be shipped here. And I'm like, oh, so I got a hold of him and I said, hey, I can't send these to you. And he's like, oh, OK. And he just canceled the order. So it wasn't not a big deal. But. But, yeah, maybe one day eBay will be advanced enough to where if you have international shipping clicked when you're listing it, it'll kick it out. Then it'll say you can't ship this to Spain or. I think there's just too many countries and too many situations where they can't program that into it when you're listing the item. Right. Um, No, I'm not a programmer, but that seems like it should be kicked out at the very beginning. Right. Rather than after it sells. Yeah. (laughs) Or you think when someone buys it from those countries, it says, hey, you can't purchase this item. Right. It'll tell them that it's not allowed or whatever the reason is. But um, that's Point. I have not come across that uh, dimension restriction. That's good to know. That yeah. What was the cutoff? It was uh, twenty six inches, I believe. The the Australia shipping rules and stuff like that. It it was fine for them. It just is something with eBay for some reason. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Because well, I know some countries they want their dimensions to be a certain size and stuff like that. I've noticed too. And. And that with their international shipping. So, but when I looked at theirs, theirs was like 64 inches or something like that. Did you, the longest. did you try to do it through pirate ship? Yeah. That, well, that's where I gave that guy the option 
but it was going to be like another $60 Ooh. in shipping. Yeah. So he's like, no, I'm not doing that. No, too rich for my blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's always a backup. Try it on pirate ship and see what, yeah. what get it through there. But then you have that added cost, which, um, yeah, I think I would have, <laughs> uh, denied that also. <laughs> right. You've you've come across some stumbling blocks. What about some other sales that uh, um, went off easily? Another one that I have luck with is uh the antique wire glasses. Those I like eyeglasses. Uh-huh. Those seem to sell really good. And I know a lot of it's probably like your gold recovery people because a lot of those are 12k gold filled. Mm-hmm. Um there was a lady that bought a pair over in Japan and right away I listed another one, like another a day or two later, she bought that one too, but I had already shipped out her other pair. And, um, I check up on some of the people that purchase things. I look on Facebook, to see if they got Facebook pages and stuff. And she was like a, um, a, um, she does like plays and stuff like that, almost like a Broadway type shows oh, over she's in, in the Japan. Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Theater. So I think maybe she was buying them for like a theater, like a like a, a play or something that they were doing or something. I'm not 100 percent sure, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, I've had a lot of good luck with those. Those sell good. And then I did come across um, a box of toys that I bought from one of the local auctions. It had a Ziploc bag full of um, Coleco. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Coleco. And, yeah, um, they're, they're big. It had the- all the teens in this um, Ziploc bag. Well, I I took all the teams, I put them all, separated them all out, and everything, and I sold each team from fifteen to twenty dollars a piece. So I made probably, I'd, I'd have to say there's at least six or eight teams. So I made at least a hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty dollars off of just that Ziploc bag of those little hockey players. So. And those were kind of a nice thing that uh, they were, they didn't take up much room because they're just flat little pieces of plastic. And it, it was like one of those things that, oh, I got a sale today. Oh, let's look. Oh, it's some hockey players again. Cool. You know, it's like a little thing that's like brings in a little bit, but it's not like a big item, you know, but still it was nice to have a little thing that kept on selling, you know, so I've been keeping an eye out for them. And where did you find those? They were in a, box of toys that I got from one of the local auctions. Okay. We so got, it's just a, a mishmash of random things and you went yeah. and found the valuable stuff. Yep. We got two auctions around auction houses around here. One's in Bay City and one's over in this town called Vassar. And um that's just people bring whatever they want there and they auction it off and it's they're both weekly. So one comes out on Thursday and one comes out on Friday. And then they both close. The one closes on Monday and one closes on Tuesday. So, yeah, my Thursday and Friday nights, I'm kind of scrolling through the auction, see what I can find in there. <laughs> yeah. so. so it sounds like you cast a pretty wide net with where you find stuff because you so far mentioned when you're working, wherever that may be, <laughs> yeah. a state sale and these auctions. and. Do you do thrift stores? Yes. There's um where I live, there's a thrift store in Bad Axe. There's two up there. There's a Goodwill and then there's a um it's called Thumb Industries. And they're kind of they're like a um helping hands type thrift store. 
And then there's another one over in Cairo that has uh, Goodwill and a church thrift store. I don't go to the church one too, too often, but the Goodwill, I, I go there. Um, and then Bay City's got St. Vincent's. It's got um, Salvation Army. It's got Goodwill. So I've I've definitely got thrift stores around me. Okay. Yeah. And I guess when you're going between jobs, you know, if you pass one, your car just automatically drives there. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> right. Well, or at least I mean, I'm like, hey, I got to go there. Yeah. I find that the church thrift stores, sometimes there's not a lot of turnover of their inventory. Like yeah. you might go once a month and you're like, this thing's been sitting here ever since I started coming here. And maybe they don't have as um, as many donations or whatever. I mean, it just depends on right. the store, but yeah, I've yeah. got a that I do. The church thrift store, I hit it maybe every two months because it, yep. just, it takes longer for for new inventory to show up. That's what I've noticed too. Yeah. 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 Sure. And so do you do Goodwill? Yes. Yeah. That's where I source a lot of my stuff is Goodwill. So and how are your prices there? They're not too bad. The clothing's a little steep. Like um, a pair of jeans, I think they want $6.99 for. Mm-hmm. And shirts, I think, are four ninety nine. Every Sunday, they have a fifty percent off color day, and they used to have, like, Sunday would be their fifty percent off color day, and it would go for the whole week. And then, say, say the color was blue, and then when it got to the following Sunday, blue was seventy percent off, and then yellow would be the fifty percent off on Sunday, and then yellow would go through the whole week and that but when COVID hit they stopped that and now sunday's the only designated day that they do 50 percent off and that's it so sunday's kind of the day to get there but i've gone a couple i I do go on sunday but there was a couple times where i'd been there in the morning before they opened and i had some running around to do i'm like well i'll go hit the goodwill and i was like oh darn they're not open yet so i was it was like 10 minutes two and i was like well, I'll just wait out here. Next thing you know, it was like Black Friday. There's like everybody <laughs> showing up. There's like 20 cars in the parking lot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't really think to come here on a, this early in the morning. I just happened to be in town and figured I'd go hit the Goodwill in the morning. But yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty crowded. It was like, I usually can't... I don't get there on Sunday until like two o'clock in the afternoon or something, you know? Right. Yeah, I can't figure out the system where I live in Greenville. I've been here since September of last year. So I think mm-hmm. like eight months or something. And I can't figure out the system because it's they keep changing it. And oh, okay. it. I can make notes in my phone. You know, this store does this on these days. And I can't figure out the like the clothing. You know, they have the the color of the week. And then as the week goes by, then they have like a dollar rack where they have some stuff that every day it's different. There's one store I go to that doesn't want to price anything in the back because I guess they're short on employees or whatever. So everything in the back, I'm talking coffee mugs, toys, all that, $4. Oh, really? And then on Friday, I think it changes to $2. And then Saturday, it's a dollar. I so, remember you saying something. In a yeah, it makes sense to go on the dollar day. But then there's 
8,000 people in there doing the same thing. So (laughs) it's just, I just don't even, well, I do look in the back there. Cause like if, if I see a Christopher Radko limited edition Christmas ornament for $4 and it sells for 200. Yeah. I'll pay $4 for that. I'm not paying $4 for a coffee mug that sells for 20. You know, I want to pay cents for that. So (laughs) I still look. Yeah. And and then some of the stores do all accessories 50% off on these days. And some of them don't do that. I just go and and do the best I can with what they're doing that day. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of how I do. Yeah. It's too complicated to make a plan. Sometimes you just got to, and I, and sometimes it might be manager discretion, like whatever they have too much of, they're going to put on sale that day. So that's how I feel it is that time. They have specials like books or shoes or, or whatever they have too much of. So you just show up ready to go, knowing that you're going to find stuff and it's just, you can't really make a plan. Right. Now, I think you, did you say that you've been to the bends before? The, the bins? Yeah, I've tried them. It's just not for me. They've got one here, but it's over in Flint. And that's about an hour and a half drive for me. So I've thought about going there and that, but I'm not 100% sure. It, from what I hear, it's they get pretty crowded and rowdy. And Yeah, and, I just don't think I'm wired for that aggressive kind of shopping. I yeah. Mean, tried it. it. It just reminds me of how Black Friday used to be at the mall, you know, right. 30 years ago. And and you you could get some bargains, but you could also get beat up and end up in the emergency room. <laughs> right. Because these, yeah. these women were just brutal. And it was like, yeah, yeah this just this just is not how I'm wired. I'm, I'm, I don't want to have to fight for things. Yeah. I'm like yeah. the little secret squirrel on the side over there looking around at stuff. Nobody's <laughs> attention to. There's an acorn. Grab it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, no, but I think everybody should try the bins just to see how it goes. And I mean, based yeah. on what you find, it might be worth the battle. Um, you know, it just, it just all depends. I just have so many other options that are less, intimidating and aggressive <laughs> yeah that's what i kind of thought too and that um i did try going down to like uh we're not that far from detroit we're about an hour and a half so i got the idea oh i'm gonna go down there some thrift stores down there especially like we, there's a city north of detroit called rochester and it's kind of a more of a ritzy area area and stuff and i'm like I'll try them thrift stores. I got so skunked out that day. It, it wasn't good. I maybe returned home with four items and I'm like, and they weren't even that good. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to stick to my area. <laughs> mm-hmm. I might head down there once in a while, but it, it wasn't as lucrative as I thought it was going to be. But you can make that decision. So right. that's, that's kind of where I am in life is <laughs> Nobody's opinion matters except mine. (laughs) (laughs) When you're doing this business, you're kind of a lone wolf. And, you know, there are places that I've been that that people were like raving about. And it just, I didn't find that much. I mean, it depends on the day and what's been donated and all that. But um, you should definitely try. And then, you you know, it's just like a restaurant. Try it. And if you don't like it, then you know you don't like it. Yeah. Yep, that's like uh, last weekend, my wife and I, they have them here in different 
um, main highways. This one was called the M15 um, garage sale day or weekend oh, right. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like a whole stretch. It went from Bay City to Davison, I think. And it's like 65 miles or something like that. And we right. did probably half of it. But most of it seemed like everybody's yearly sale that they do. And it was like a lot of like Christmas stuff and kitchen stuff. And I mean, not stuff. I know that some of that stuff can be good, but but it was just like their yearly thing. They, they even had concessions at some of the yard sales and stuff. And it was like hot dogs and all this stuff. So, you know, they're preparing for this every year, you know, and it's like. Yeah, it wasn't. I picked up some ball hats and stuff like that that day, but that was about it. Not, it wasn't very good. Well, and I know they have one in Tennessee. It, they do call it the world's longest yard sale. It's on Highway, I think, 127. Um, oh, okay. I in Tennessee for a, a while in the 90s, and we actually went to that. This was before eBay and everything. It was just, yeah. it was just a fun outing just to... yeah. I belong and, you know, stop at what looks interesting. And yeah, they had all kind of concessions and um, <laughs> people were selling everything like their house plants and, you know, <laughs> right. everything just like it was their yearly downsizing. And I yeah. mean, God, if you live along that stretch and people are going to be coming by, put some stuff out there, see if they'll buy right. it, you know, yeah. but um, now with uh, the internet, GPS, all this stuff, you know, it's a science to do those oh, yeah. uh, highway yard sales because so many people go to them. I'm sure it's very different now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about some more things that you sold because <laughs> you're, you're like <laughs> the man in charge of oddities, like all these things that, <laughs> right. that you just find. Um, what else did have you sold? Um, I found a bread. I um, I think it was a French bread cutting board. I found that at. Um, I remember at Goodwill. seeing that. It just looked like an yeah. old piece of wood. Yeah, that's all it was. I mean, and as soon as I seen it, I found it at Goodwill. And as soon as I seen it, I was like, "That that's old." I could tell it was definitely old. And um, it was it was just a cutting board for bread. And when I looked it up, I found that the um, comps were really good for them for some reason. And I never would have thought cutting boards would be worth more than a couple bucks, but I ended up selling that one for a hundred dollars and it was, it was crazy. Yeah, but I, saw I see that. some on there for three, $400. I'm like, I saw that on the group. And I'm like, how does he know this is valuable old wood? Because now we've got like the farmhouse look and shabby chic and like yeah. Somebody could have made it yesterday to look old. Right. all these and techniques to make it look old. So right. how did you know it was definitely valuable and really old and not just, I guess what they call retro made to look old. You could, with this piece here, you could definitely tell it was, it was old. And I did end up looking up online, like a lot of different, um, cause I don't just go to eBay. I check Google, Google images, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I found a good array of examples of photos and, and that of real similar looking items. Um, I didn't really find anything that would show that you could test it to find out if it is like antique wood or anything like that. But I just kind of went by photos and stuff like that, but yeah. And then I listed it. I made sure I made lots of photos of it and everything. 
Did you actually put a photo of it into Google Images or did you just use words? No, I put the actual photo into Google Images. Yeah. I bet you got all kinds of stuff back on that old piece of wood. Oh yeah. Yep, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yep. There's um boat paddles that showed up and stuff like that. Even it was crazy. But Google Images is really that really helps out a lot, being able to just snap a picture and and it'll find a lot of times it leads you back to eBay or Pinterest or something like that. But, and then you can look up from there at least. Cause sometimes I don't, I'm not real good with my descriptions. So sometimes I'll take a picture of something and it'll take me to eBay and I'm like, okay, that'll work. So I copy and paste the, um, the, the um, title and then look for the cops in eBay after that. And I'm like, right. Oh, yep. That's a good item. That'll work. <laughs> you know, but yeah. And that's a great strategy when you're doing research is I always look at the solds on Terapeak because you get two years worth. Right. It shows the actual sold price where on the app, if it was sold on offer, a lot of times it doesn't have the strike through with the price under it. Um, I think that happens when it's on sale or other situations, but yeah. Uh, so when you go, you know, like when you get home and you have time and access to Terapeak, you can go and look at the actual listings and then you can hover over the picture and it expands if you can't, if the listing is too old to be clickable anymore. So you can yeah. just hover and, and look at the picture and yeah, find one that is like yours as close as possible. And obviously that person did something right. If yeah. it's so. Yeah. And their listing's done and over and you can, you know, create your title based on words they used. And a lot of times you get, oh, yeah, that's a good word. I could use that. I didn't think of that. Yep. You know? That's what I do, too. Yeah, it's like because a lot of times you get this brain fog at times when you're trying to think of how to how to title something. And that and there's times where I only get like, I don't know, 40 or 50 characters. And I'm like, man, it, I try to use up all 80 as much as possible, but sometimes you just cannot come up with 80 characters for an item without having just um, plain Jane words in there that don't really relate to your item. Or, you uh, know, like this is called something else, but I can't think of what. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> exactly. you're waiting for that recall and, and you don't have to because therapy gives you a lot. And, yeah. and that, you know, you go back two years you know, maybe only five of those have sold in the last two years. You know, you're on to something when there's not a hundred thousand results for an item. Yeah. Um, yep. So I just remember that you posted that listing and I was like, <laughs> what? He's finding pieces of wood to sell. <laughs> right. But it was actually yeah. a French cutting board, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 That's what it's used for. It was for um, like French bread and stuff like that. And I so, didn't know there was even cutting boards specifically for bread. And that's what that was for is specifically for bread. And then there was a, a neck strap. It was funny because we're cleaning around the shop and my boss, he's an avid hunter. And there was a pair of binoculars, like a, a neck strap for him that was in the box. And his son's like, what are we doing with these? And he's like, oh, that's just junk. You can throw them away. I don't need them. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, maybe I can sell those. And so I snagged him, brought him home, looked him up. And sure enough, I sold those for like $32. Wow. 
So the next when I and it, it was quick too. It was only like a week. And I went back to work in that that day after, and I said, "Guess what? I sold that uh, neck strap for." My boss is like, "What?" And I'm like, "Thirty-two dollars." He's like, "You got to be kidding me! No way!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I, that's." I says, "Everything's got a value." And that don't don't you love the average person's response? The non eBay selling average person when you start talking about this, you're like, "Yeah, I sold this piece of paper for fifty dollars," or "Yeah." this broken uh vintage tool for however much this rusty old tool i've sold rusty hammers before just <laughs> yeah. use them as decor and it's just yeah um it's just easier and faster to go on ebay and buy what you need than like do what we do and go around to garage sales and like try to find it, it it's right there yeah. but well, yeah, like the that average thing. the average person is really sheer disbelief that yeah. this is going on and I don't try to convince them anymore because, no. you know, that's not my job to convince you. If you're already on track with eBay, I can definitely help you learn more, but I'm not out there to, to convince people to sell. No. EBay. And that's what his thing is. He's like, oh, this is going to be just a fun. He tell, he's told me this a couple of times. He's like, when it starts to become a job, you'll probably get sick of it and stuff. And I'm like, no, I, I really love what I'm doing right now. So I've already told him, I says in a, in a couple of years, two, three years, I, I might be off doing this instead and retiring from, from your shop. But he doesn't kind of believe it, but I'm like, no, if I can replace my income with this, I'm going to do what's fun in life and not, I mean, I'm getting older, crawl space to suck on the knees and, <laughs> and that. So it's, it's, I mean, I love what I do. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's, it's a job, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, there, if it's physical at some point, it's going to get more difficult. You're going to have yeah. aches and pains. You're just not going to want to do it anymore. Right. A uh, stepbrother who had a tree business. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, whether it's after storms coming and cutting down trees or pruning trees or like, he's always up in the trees, but he's yeah. a little bit older than me and he's just not don't want to do it anymore. So he still has a company, but he doesn't do any of the climbing work. You know, he hires people, but you know, that's a consideration, yeah. but I feel like eBay is something that is so flexible and you can make it your own. So that like me, if you don't want to ship lamps and vacuum cleaners and giant framed pictures, mm-hmm. you don't have to. You can sell right. eyeglasses and belts and accessories and Christmas ornaments. And yep. you can you can change it as you change so that you still love it because it, it is like a hobby that you love. Like if you love reading or doing crossword puzzles or whatever, that's going to be you until you can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's yeah. what eBay is. It's like we are wired for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. I grew up with the dad that we would go out on trash night and comb the town and look for stuff and and um always trying to find treasures and stuff. And and um when my wife and I were younger and that we would do some of that. And we always told the kids, we're going to the mall. And they're at first excited, oh, we're going to the mall. And they still were excited even after they did realize we were just going out junk picking, but because they always got new bikes or this or that, you know. So they they liked it. We were, we were telling them, yep, we're going to go to the mall tonight. And there was like our keyword in the home, you know. They're like, yes, we might get something, you know. So Oh, so the mall was code for trash picking. Yep. <laughs> yep. So they That's were excited. funny. 
but yeah, so I kind of always had a knack to to thrifting and junk picking and finding treasures and oh, the cutting board. Of the, the title I used was antique French bread or chopping cutting board, well aged, beautiful country look. That was yeah. The so that covers <laughs> a lot of bases. Whether you're just wanting that uh, rustic farmhouse look, and I know we can't ask this, but it would be interesting to know, has the buyer left feedback? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I don't like, know. are they actually going to use this? Is this a decor piece? You know, what, what prompted them to pay a hundred dollars for an old piece of wood? That's what right. I, <laughs> yeah, that's what I would like to know too. Um, no, I don't think she did. Okay. Well, I know it went to a girl, but yeah. Maybe if, if she leaves feedback, you could message her and say, I'm so glad you love it. Um, just curious what this is going to be used for. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I do that <laughs> because I'm just like a creature of curiosity. Hmm, what's going on there? But right. yeah, just that would be interesting to know. I just sold these um, uh, vintage. I don't know if I want to call it vintage because vintage to me is like 80s and 70s. But I know it's creeping up to the 90s now and stuff. But anyways, these were um, an alarm clocks and they are like a his and hers alarm clock. And they'd be you'd have one on one nightstand and one on the other. And it was a guy from California that just purchased them. So I kind of did a Google search on his name just to see if he was in the movie industry or something like that. So I'm like, oh, California, maybe they're going to be in like the, that 70s show or something like that. Right. Because that's right. what the, the era that they're from is like the late 70s, I I believe, if I remember correctly. So I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to go in a movie set. But he didn't end up having nothing that I could find that was related to the movie industry or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of these people are kind of under the radar if, you know, maybe they work for a production studio, production company, you know, we need you to go find this prop, this item. And yeah. They just kind of go online and maybe they're like my son, he's going to be 27 this year. He does no social media. He just, oh, okay, yeah. he's just like, um, totally not interested. He's a very private person. And yep. there's a lot of those out there that, that just, they don't have any social media presence. And he actually says, yeah, I don't do Facebook because I mean, what if you run into somebody in the grocery store, you're not going to have anything to talk about because you already know everything that's going on. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We have relatives. It's like that. They post everything. So when you get a, get together with them, it's like, Oh yeah, I already know that your daughter's graduating. And I know all about Jake's birthday party. It's like, yeah. And your trip to Mexico and when your <laughs> yeah. car broke down and all that stuff. So anyway, I just wonder how many people there are like that. Um yeah. you have to realize not everybody's findable on right. Um, yeah. you know, if, if if you don't want to be found, you don't have to. Right, um, right. So maybe they're just independently searching for specific props and it's just under their personal name yeah you know, yep. get reimbursed and whatever so um right but you're right that prop industry is huge it's just yeah. so easy imagine working in that industry before ebay and you just had to either have something made that looked right retro or for the time period or go out there hustling and 
going to garage sales and stuff and trying to find these things. So it's, yeah. it's so convenient for them just to, oh, we need a box of old laundry detergent to stick in the scene. Like go on <laughs> eBay and buy one, you know? <laughs> right. And that's just it is when you look at these shows, you don't realize all, I mean, we do, but a lot of people don't realize all the little things that are in the background that are in these shows. Like you said, laundry detergent and stuff like that, that, you don't think of when you're looking at uh, when you're watching like that 70s show or something, you know, and yeah. it's kind of neat when you do watch a show like that. It's like, Oh, I remember that. Or I remember playing with them toys or whatever, you know, well, but yeah, wanted, a lot of people don't realize that they want it to be as authentic as possible. So right. that you're basically hypnotized into believing you're in the sixties for that during that two hour movie or whatever it is, right. you are there. And um, yeah. so like I know Mark Cheryl in Ohio, he's been on the podcast. He is, um, I forget what his exact degree is in, but he works in theater and, mm-hmm. you know, that's the kind of stuff he sells a lot are these vintage, vintage scotch tape, vintage <laughs> airspray, vintage, you know, all these things you would never think of that he finds at estate sales. Yeah. And, you know, I'm willing to bet that's where a lot of it goes is these prop companies. Yeah. Yeah. I did find light bulbs. I sold them. Those made it fine. Yep. I spent really? Those. What was the it, deal on that? Incandescent light bulbs. They're not making them no more. They're, they're not even making them at all. So um, I was at an estate sale and I found, um, I think it was two or three boxes of them. And I sold them. Those went to California and I got a good review on that. So, yeah. Yes, I've heard and, that too, that incandescent light bulbs, they're switching them to LED and something else too. Yeah. And I was listening. Oh, that's what it was. I was listening to a um, a radio show and they were talking about that. And they're like, this is a bunch of crap. I, I love my incandescent light bulbs. And everybody on there was saying the same thing. And, I, and it just kind of sparked the light bulb in my head. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, I need to look for them. <laughs> light bulbs gave you a light bulb idea. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, then I was at an estate sale like that weekend and I found them. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I sold each box for 10 bucks. So it was pretty decent. Uh, and I paid a dollar a box. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. Isn't and that uh, weird the, how that happens? The, you find out about something and then very quickly thereafter, you see it and you wonder, yeah. Have these been in front of me all along and I just didn't know, or am I just more conscious of it now? So I'm seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the whole car theory. You were talking to one of the other podcast uh, people about you, you buy a car thinking it's kind of unique. And next thing you know, you're seeing them everywhere. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I bought this town and country. It's great. There's one. And oh, there's one over there. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not as everybody's got a town and country. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have been going about an hour. I told you that would go by fast. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> so when did you get back into eBay? What year did you say? Uh, October, this past October. Oh, so that. not even a year. Right, right. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to ask you, what is your advice for people that are, you know, in your same situation, you know, getting back into it or maybe never done it, trying to uh, wean yourself off of your real job. And I know you're <laughs> not doing that immediately, but you've got sort of a, a plan on the horizon that that's what you'd like your life to look like. Yeah. Um, my, my, I got two things. 
really. Um, don't be afraid of international shipping, especially with the eBay's um, international shipping standard and stuff. They make it so easy. I noticed um, Canada, you can ship straight to Canada. They, they don't necessarily go through the international standard. But um, yeah, just check your stuff before you ship it and find out, make sure it's good to go to that country and stuff. But the other thing would be is be organized right away. Um, I wasn't at first and I ran into a couple items where I was like, where did I put that? And uh, cause I would put them on a shelf, right? I put them in a box and I, I have a box in my basement when I first started. And once I did that twice, I was like, I got to get organized. So I went and bought some of those black totes with the yellow lids from Home Depot. Luckily, they're having a sale that day. And <laughs> I've got... No, that wasn't luck. That was karma. Yeah, exactly. That was the, the eBay <laughs> god shining down on you. Oh, he's going to be organized. Let's put these yeah. on the <laughs> Right. So yeah, I got them labeled alphabetically. And then I got, uh, I ordered some uh, number stickers from another eBayer. And I, I put everything in bags or if it's something that's it doesn't matter with a sticker, I put a number sticker on it and I assign it a little skew like tote A uh, number 1162 or something, you know. But you don't even have to do the stickers, at least just have it in tote A or tote B or tote C. And then at least it zeroes down to where that item is and that. Because I was scared a couple that times. Is a good like, I cannot find this. Where did I put it? And you and, know, the numbering, I get why people do it, but I'm always reorganizing my inventory. Like mm -hmm. this bin is not very full. I can combine this with something else. So my method has always been clear tubs. So clear tubs, yeah. See what's in it. So like this one is dresses, and I can see. Oh, and this one sold that, you know, it's yellow with gray, whatever. And, and I can just see it immediately and, and go to yeah. it. That's just how my right. brain works. I like a visual of um, where my stuff is. But yeah, I'm constantly mm -hmm. reorganizing my inventory. So the numbering system, you end up with half empty or almost empty bins. And then you're going to have to change your numbers on everything. So I don't yeah. know. You got to well, do what, what I do is I notice like a, like, my um, e-bin right now is getting kind of low. So I, whenever I'm listing something, I'm like, oh, yeah, the e-bin. Okay. I can keep adding to that one for a while. That makes uh, sense. So. And you really have to do it the way your brain works. Because Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody's going to have their own little niche on how yeah. to do it. But but I, that's my advice is get some sort of organizational system going right away so you don't lose an item. Because, that, like I said, it happened twice to me and it was kind of scary. So I'm like, yeah, what am maybe. I going to tell this person? I can't find their item. <laughs> you know? And some people aren't very, very um, understanding and that. So Right. And just for the listeners, um, there's no right or wrong way, really. No. Anything on eBay, you know, you got to follow the rules, of course. But um, as far as organizing your inventory, I get that question all the time. And um, it's kind of something you have to figure out, like, how do you organize your personal items? How do you organize your clothes and your kitchen? Yeah. Um, so there, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Nope. It's just make sure you are doing something so you can yeah. find those items. And there's a lot of YouTube videos on there on, on YouTube about organizing your inventory and stuff like that. And that's how I discovered this one. And that you might, 
there's different ones. So you could always just watch a few and figure out, oh, that would work for me. I, I kind of do that with, like you said, my clothes already. So right. that would be a good one. And that some people just don't think of how to, re- how to put the two together, you know? Well, and especially if you're new, you don't realize yeah. this thing called inventory creep where it just, right. it's, it's like it multiplies at night. It's just, it gets bigger and bigger and so. you got to get a handle on it first. Um, how many items do you have uh, in your inventory? Just under 400. Right now. Okay. So that's significant. Yeah. 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 And yep. we're not going to talk about items that aren't listed. We're just talking about items that are listed. <laughs> yep. Just li- items that are listed. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I know I got a pile right now. So <laughs> everybody does. And that's kind of a security, just knowing that you've got stuff to list. So yeah. Anyway, well, this has been very informative. You said you're going to an estate sale this afternoon. Yep. Yep going to go to a couple of them hopefully <laughs> okay well hopefully the the ebay gods will be shining down upon you and you'll find all kinds yeah. of stuff <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping to <laughs> okay well thanks again and we'll see you on the facebook group thank you okay bye bye and thanks again don for taking the time to come on the podcast and for sharing all of your tips Today's trivia question has nothing to do with anything in this podcast. (laughs) Sometimes I can find a fun question that relates to the topic, but um, this week we're just going to go random. The question is, what is the one sport where you are not allowed to wear white? Here are a few seconds to think it over. The answer is ping pong, also known as table tennis. The International Table Tennis Federation states that a sports person cannot wear white when playing table tennis in competition. They recommend that the garment worn, with the exception of the sleeves and collar, be a different color from the ball, which in most tournaments is white. And the opposite of that is Wimbledon, where competitors must be dressed in suitable tennis attire that is almost entirely white. And this applies from the point at which the player enters the court surround. White does not include off-white or cream. There should be no solid mass or panel of coloring. So now you know that. Another episode is in the books. Next week, my guest is Emily, who is a frequent poster on the $100 supersize thread. In fact, she challenges herself to post in that thread at least once a month. She sells anything that makes a profit and fits in her house. (laughs) I love that caveat, and fits in her house. (laughs) She is a stay-at-home mom who also homeschools her two kids, has a supportive husband, and juggles all of it like superwoman. Thanks for spending the last hour with us. Keep plodding along, keep tackling those piles, and I will talk to you next week. 
Happy selling, everybody. Bye.